Oh shit! Here we go again. Like the lady said, I am Donnie, the guy next to me. Well, you know who he is. He's the red beans to my rice. He's the mac to my cheese. He's the buffalo to my wings. It's Notorious TID, Chris Tidwell. What's up, man? I'm glad you went with mac to the cheese and not the KD to the dinner. There's a difference. <laughs> well, you're American. You don't know what craft dinner is. It's I do. I absolutely do know what craft dinner is. It's horrible. It is absolutely repulsive. That is that is not real macaroni and cheese, bro. I don't care what anybody's food. trying to tell you. Right? How you doing, man? Macaroni and cheese is that dish that you eat like when it's like lunchtime and you're under 12 or like your spouse is gone for the night and you're like, ah, I know I'm supposed to eat something, but I really don't feel like ordering or cooking anything on my own. That's that's what craft <laughs> is. I'm uh, good, brother. How are you doing? Just- I'm good. I was going to say it's the 166th installment of this stupid show. Uh, it is uh, Thursday, February 8th, 2024. Mm. Um, this week's episode, Tid, brought to us once again by Baronial. Baronial are the makers of fine beard products. Tid, they have your order. Your stuff is coming. Um, we mentioned this stuff last week, and I want to let you all know because some people reached out and asked me a couple questions. So again, some products that I've started using. I have their baronial beard oil, and I have the baronial beard butter. I have not yet started using the beard balm, although I think this is going to be good for Tid. Someone asked me last week, Tid, after we did the show, they said, what the hell's the difference between the beard balm and the beard butter? And I went and contacted the owners of baronial, and I asked them. So the Barbs. beard butter, oh, think of that as like a leave-in conditioner. Make okay. your beard nice and soft, right? And the beard bomb, even though it has a conditioner, it also has beeswax. So you can like style your beard and make it do tricks and all kinds of fun stuff. All right. For those people that go to those competitions. <laughs> or, you know, for you when you're feeling sassy on a Sunday. Um, the beard oil is awesome when you're growing your beard out. I don't know about you, dude, but for me, the time when I get out the clippers and put on the, the, the guard and start trimming down is like I'm a few months into the beard and it's all itchy and I'm going nuts. The beard oil takes that away. The beard oil soothes that itch and makes it so much easier and more pleasant to grow your beard. So go to baronialbeard.com. Check out all their products. The other nice thing about it is all of their ingredients that they use, whether it's in the bombs, the butters, the oils, or whatever else, all of their ingredients are fast absorbing. They're never going to feel greasy or waxy on your face. That is a huge difference compared to any of their competitors. So go to baronialbeard.com, B-A-R-O-N-I-A-L, beard.com. 
you can go check out their stuff. It's just going to give you an excuse to grow like one of those big old Canadian lumberjack beards now. It might. I might, man. You start drinking more IPAs. I'm a little jealous of all this shit that you have going on, this billy goat stuff, you know? Yeah, but it's gray as hell. It is gray. You old. <laughs> Speaking of old. Yeah. We had an old friend pop by this week. Yeah, we did. Ladies and gentlemen, we're going to get right to it. It's time right now for the biggest hello. And I say biggest hello, folks, because I don't know if I'm ever going to get a chance to do a wedding speech for this dude. Instead <laughs> of giving his eulogy, this might be the most I ever say about him in one uninterrupted piece. I was aware of this man long before we were tight. I saw him on Electric Circus as a 13-year-old with a hot top, dancing and rapping his way to national prominence. In 1996, when his track Dear Hip Hop was blasting out of everyone's car, I remember thinking this is the sickest tune ever. I also remember thinking, you know, we're from the same general neighborhood. A few of his closest brethren are dudes I've known since kindergarten, and I know a ton of people that went to high school and I with this guy, and I still don't know him. This is weird to me. How do I, how have I never crossed paths with this guy? Well, when I was 20 or 21 years old, I'd already spent a couple of years working in and around the wrestling business. I had been hosting a radio show, different podcasts, working on independent wrestling events. I'm becoming more familiar with the inner workings of that world every day. At that time, I had my own wrestling news hotline on the talking yellow pages. Yes, folks, before people knew how to Google shit, the talking yellow pages on the Vista 350 landline was hype. So this guy reached out to me through a mutual friend and said he was writing a paper for university and wanted to interview me for it. And I was like, okay, sure, fail. That's on you. But we did it, and apparently it was good. I don't know. I've never seen this paper. A year or two after that, I was working as an executive producer on a television talk show. And to be honest, all we did was film four episodes as part of a pilot that never got picked up. Our first day of filming, I'll remember it like it was yesterday, we were... Um, sitting there with the host of the show at Wayne Gretzky's studio in downtown Toronto, and a number of local celebrities had agreed to come in and participate in discussions about, you know, pop culture. One of those local celebrities was this man right here. And what made that television taping even crazier? It was on September 11th. Yes, that September 11th. Mm -hmm. The streets were empty. The city was shut down. People were in fear or mourning or both. And here we are with a skeleton crew trying to produce a stupid show. But it was at that moment that I realized this fucking guy can be counted on. This guy will show up. He's had a prolific career as a hip-hop artist, having appeared on more than 70 albums or mixtapes, including five solo albums with his sixth about to drop. More on that in a second. It was 18 years ago this week that I embarked on a journey with this guy hosting a wildly irreverent podcast that my, my, my man Tid and I, uh, our Tid was a key part of as well. That show was insanely popular and helped introduce his music to a whole new fan base. In 2020, he was a co-founder of this dumb show, along with myself and the notorious one, before needing to step away to focus on his career in the entertainment world. And yeah... I phrased it that way because he's not just a musician. 
He's a full-on entertainer. He made the transition into the acting world, having appeared in a ton of commercials, TV shows, and films. His work on the CBC Gem short, uh, 40 Parsecs, and some fuel showed that his acting chops had gotten so good, he was able to effortlessly pull off a one-person show. Impressive. The only problem with a one-person show is you ain't hooking up with anybody at the cast party. What else can I tell you? He's a pescatarian with a weird <laughs> with the number 10. He's an obsessive, compulsive cleaner who will bring slippers to your house anytime he rolls by. Oh, and most importantly, he's a proud father to a beautiful little girl who is also the inspiration for an entire record that he released and she was featured on. And as I said, his sixth album, entitled Vigilante is about to drop and the first single comes out tomorrow. Is that enough build up? Y'all get now that we got a little history with this dude? <laughs> Look, if Tid is the red beans to my rice, this guy is the icky to my salt. Feel me? <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Yo. just like Jordan, he's putting on a show. Give him a mic and watch the man flow. When it comes to lyrics, he's a total pro. Is he the best in the biz? Man, you don't know. You want big tunes? He's gonna cleanse your soul. Now, bun winter sports, because this dude hates snow. <laughs> but he loves his FIFA even when Spain's low. He thinks milk is poison. I say, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> Only poison is that girl, said Belle Biven DeVoe. And like Michael Bivens, he got a little baby fro. His hair can get big, but my man don't grow. He hits high six and that was the plateau. <laughs> down and slow your damn bro. Enough of the roast. Give it up to my bro, the vigilante himself. Oh. The one, Danny O. Bro, man, you know, I sat on this show with you guys episode after episode after episode watching all of our guests just lose their minds over the big hello you're always quoting how you've given them the greatest intro in all of inter interview history dude I, I i have so many jokes i wanted to retort with and i'm like nah let him do his thing i was waiting for the rap you did it that was the best intro i've ever received bro and i'm honored to finally get one for myself i missed you guys thanks for having me back dude that was amazing i appreciate it that's hilarious. And the most personal intro by far, bro. Like, yeah, nobody got any of those except for the no, three of us here and maybe a handful sure. of people, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, uh, as many interviews as I've done in my life, I don't think Slippers has ever come up. Uh, you know? <laughs> I'm you surprised you'd even go further with the personal hygiene talk. Yo, I was waiting. I was waiting for the ass. I was waiting for the ass washing. I was waiting for the ass washing to hey. come in. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm fresh as could be right now, guys. <laughs> I thought about how far do I want to take the. But you know what? Part of me debated right. Oh. When I was preparing the intro, I was like, now, do I go in with a bunch of really inside shit or do I play this like we've never met? which i thought would have been funny yeah um, no that that was proper and obviously all of the stuff you said before dude i'm honored um yeah like i said there, there there's always uh, you know uh, uh and i know this is true for tid too like a, a a rolodex of jokes ready to pop out at any second man but i'm glad i stayed silent let you do your thing uh probably the nicest you've ever been to me in the 20 plus years we've known each other so i'll even take with it. the roast i'll take with even yes absolutely even yeah. with so i'll well, take that was it, that was that was a combination of those 20 years all all, all the nice it, things yeah you just put that out down into four he was, minutes he was waving he was waiting for it he yeah. saved it up 
two decades of, of disrespect, and he figured this is the one day. Right. Now go ahead, Mr. Teacher of Hip Hop School. Tell me how shit my rhyme scheme was. <laughs> tell me how my bars didn't line up. I saw Tid counting the bars there, so he knows what's up. <laughs> I got to tell you, I was so into the lines and just getting jokes off of it. I didn't count your bars, so I can't grade. If they were a multiple, was it a multiple of four? You should know how many bars you wrote. Of course. Okay, good. Well, you passed, man. You oh, by the well. way, speaking of past, A plus on that essay. I know I still have it in my closet. I kept my essays from university. That was an A plus essay. And yes, that is how we met. That's crazy. It's another thing I was going to throw into your intro is the, is the fact that on top of all of your other bizarre personality traits, you are along with my late father, maybe the two biggest pack rats I've ever known in my life. I don't think you're aware of the fact that shit can be thrown out. It's funny you say that because it's weird to be both in the neat and tidy category as well. Right. I'm like the neatest hoarder on earth, bro. Um, facts, my place is pretty clean with the exception of there's like, I got like CD and, and record boxes and books piled up and a lot of stuff packed away in boxes and put away. So it's neat, but there's a lot of shit that I could get rid of. But I'm glad I have those essays though, including that one you mentioned. I got to pull that out soon. A plus baby. Essays, his dreadlocks are sitting in a Ziploc yeah. bag somewhere. Facts. Yeah, <laughs> that is true. And of course, all, all my music, um, which is, you know, my, my you prized know, possession. Other you know what it is. Know. You know what it is. This guy's going to open up his own museum for himself. <laughs> he's just going to be like, he's going to be like the Liberace of Scarborough. I don't know who would want to come and see that. Though. Just wait until this album drops, man. Everyone's going to lose their shit. Yeah. That's so let's talk about the plan. I hope. Let's talk sure. about that. Sure, man. Why vigilante? Well, bro, um, as you guys know, it's, it's very interesting that that's how we're going to start off because it actually started during the time that we started this podcast. You guys know yeah. better than anybody the ways in which things happening in the world was impacting me. Uh, the three of us had a lot of off-camera conversations when certain things went down. Uh, things like George Floyd's murder comes to mind. Um, one of the top things that, you know, this show actually started, you know, during COVID. It was one of your ideas, Donnie, where you're like, yo, man, let's just get back and do a podcast. We're at home anyways. And throughout COVID, we all had an oppor well, opportunity. We were all forced, basically, to stay at home and bear witness to all the things that were happening in the world via the media and social media. And a lot of things were really getting at me so much so that we had, or I had uh, issues even coming on the show. Cause I was in such a bad mood. You know, you obviously will remember that <clears throat> uh, with respect That's to some of, the, some of the things we had to talk about. So as you guys know, I mean, we could be here all night talking and I still won't be able to express myself better than I think I do in my music. So the vigilante is essentially a character almost Consider it like a, I, I almost visualize myself as this sort of anti-hero in a, in a comic book or a movie that can murder and kill all the evil that exists in the world. And you guys obviously know this show is also home to us talking about things like Dexter, when Dexter New Blood came back and they finally finalized that series. That was the beginnings of my mindset and like I want to do something Dexter-like musically. So I'm attacking specific topics on this album that include the way in which social media is used, gun violence, uh, racism, uh, self-hatred, which is what the single Cleanse My Soul is about, even having bouts with self-doubt 
and a lack of confidence and mental health issues that we all experience, how do I tackle them musically? And that's finding a way to destroy all that is negative. And that's the concept of vigilante. The interesting thing is, um, and obviously, you know, you, you were good enough a few weeks ago to reach out to me and say, yo, don't give this to anybody, but here's the album. <laughs> Check yeah. it out. So, so of course I did. Um, but, and when I go through it, I hear those themes, right? And especially knowing you and knowing the kinds of things that trigger you and get yeah. you to really react. It's like you're speaking honestly to the audience. Um, but the theme, like that Dexter-style vigilante mm. theme, really layered throughout. But it's a very different tone mm. than your Dexter-inspired song from sure. years ago when you did Serial Killer, which was yeah. basically like a remix of the Dexter theme. Yeah. Um, and, and completely different, right? Did you have any thought to taking that track and maybe remixing it or doing a new version of it and putting it onto this album? No, not at all, because Serial Killer, as much as it was like a Dexter homage and we sampled the theme song and everything, and I, and I called myself a serial killer as an MC, comparing myself to Dexter, that was all in right. good fun right the sure. entire concept of the song was just killing mcs whack mcs and that's an age-old theme in hip-hop um this album has a completely different take on the whole concept of vigi vigilantism because although yes i'm still you know that you know that battle rapper uh kind of songwriter or mc the main theme of the album has nothing to do with like what's going on in hip-hop yes there are songs about that but to the point of what we were saying earlier there's so much more important things for me to discuss. And when I legitimately think of, you know, legit anger, like that you've, you guys b bore witness to on the show, off the show, things that really got to me, like that's what I was tackling. And to me, it's far more important to, um, you know, be tackling certain topics like that versus just how bad a lot of rappers are. So, no, I, I, I feel like it's a completely separate entity. Um, Serial Killer was a cool homage to one of my favorite shows, but this is like a much more serious album. It's funny because I remember when I was sending you photos uh, or actually I didn't send you the photos yet, but you just saw my new photo shoot. And Donnie is in classic Donnie way has to go online and run a crack in the comments. And he's like, Daniel left his smile in 2023. And that made me smile, made me laugh. But I said, when you hear the album, it'll all make sense. And uh, it's, it's and, and you're right. Now, that being said, I got a question because you know me, I am a renowned lyricist. Yes. Right? Uh, it's facts. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. and and I've always put you over as being a shut up, Tid. I've always put <laughs> you over as being a, a, a gifted songwriter. But one of your one of you your strengths, one of your strengths, I think, as a lyricist, is your ability to turn a phrase and to take something that starts off in the phraseology sounding very innocent, and you twist it not necessarily into a punchline, but into mm. "oh fuck, he got you," right? And and like being able to twist. Did you did you think about the tone at all when you're writing this this record and saying? joke time's over like mm -hmm. right now i'm just keeping it hard i'm keeping it real i'm letting people with, know what's on my mind or yeah. did you think to yourself punching some levity into this can help bring my message home yeah no it's a it's a it's a good question because it also ties into what we did here on this show. One of the right. things that you, the three of us talked about was the levity that we as the godfathers of podcasting bring to the world, especially in a time when things are going so crazy, 
right? And that was really difficult for me. And you guys remember that. And that's why I use this record literally in the time that we were doing the show. And obviously the main reason why I had to leave the show is to pursue the creation of this record. Um, no, I, it's, all, it's all serious all the way through. I considered whether or not it'd be a lot, like it's a lot to consume in the span of it's a 40 minute project and there's a lot to take in. Um, but honestly, it kept me really focused, man. Um, I don't think I've been more focused or more adamant about what I'm saying on a record than I was. It's like it took me my whole career to come to this. Like I really feel like this is the one for me. And I feel that way with every record, but this one is like really that way. So no, uh, I wasn't pulling any punches. There there are no jokes, <laughs> you know, like um, as much as I have fun with it and there's some, um, I mean, I believe and you've heard it, you, you know, there's there's records to enjoy. This is, there's it's still a hip hop record for hip hop fans who will enjoy it for the musicality and the lyricism. Uh, but topic wise, yeah, it's like when, what I struggled with on this podcast I put my energy into this record because as you guys know, we had to share. We, this is, it's three voices, right? When mm -hmm. we were together. And, and I, and I said this to you off air, I remember going like, it's only fair that the three voices get their spot. I know it's not the Danny L show, but when I made this album, it was all me doing it my way. And I knew this is how it had to be. So from the production choices to the, to the delivery, to the content, it was all like very focused on that energy. <clears throat> the interesting connection that i see there okay and maybe this is part of the connection that you had even thought about um consciously i don't know maybe you have um i remember when we were doing a podcast and something big happened in the news that really pissed you off mm -hmm. right and the three of us would get together for a production meeting and say so what do we want to talk about right. and you would get hot and you'd be like yeah. what the fuck you mean what do you want to talk about there's one topic yeah right and yeah. then tid and i would be like but Dan, we're not going to talk about an hour for an hour about one topic. Like you go yeah. on the news, they, they cover other stories and you're like, I don't give a fuck about nothing else right now. Right. And so it reminds me a little bit of the production of this album. And then I can take it back a step. Your last album mm -hmm. was really dedicated to your daughter. 100%. And, and being a father. And this album is dedicated to your outrage with shit in the world. You totally. can look at Book of Daniel and go, hey, the theme of that whole album is I'm the fucking best. Right. Every yeah. album that you've put out seems to have one core theme. Is that mm -hmm. intentional or is that just where your head is at at the time of writing? Uh, it's both, but you're absolutely right. Um, I no longer... like. The only main difference I would say is back in the book of Daniel days, which is crazy because you got Tid's gonna laugh at this one. You know me in anniversaries. It's, it's February. So uh <laughs> the book of Daniel came out in February of 2000. More time has passed since that album came out than right. the age I was when that album came out. Like that's how crazy this is. So Although it did have a theme, to your point, yeah, it's just I'm the best MC. Like I was trying to prove that on every on every song, and I don't think I really fully had developed my songwriting capabilities yet. Because yeah, I understood verses and choruses, but ripping the mic was the objective of the majority of the songs. Back then, though, I was writing rhymes all the time, freestyling with the boys. These days, I don't have time to write raps for writing raps' sake. There is a focus because, yeah, my energy is in a specific place, my, my current vibe, my natural, how I feel every day. That's what inspires me to write these records versus 
you know, I just need to sit down and write a song. It's funny, you know, I was watching with Melina earlier today. One of her favorite sitcoms is Full House, and she, I got her, you know, the series for Christmas. And, you know, Jesse, Uncle Jesse was a musician, and in this particular episode, he's in the basement in his new basement studio trying to write a song, and he's so frustrated because he can't come up with one. And he just has to come up with a song because the label that's going to sign him wants one. And I say to Melina, I go, I never write songs like that. I have never sat down and go, okay, I got a couple of hours. Let me think of a song. That's never happened, but it definitely doesn't happen now. Songs happen because something truly hit me. And to your point, I'm either upset about it or elated about it. Last album was elated to become a new father. And that's all I cared about. That's where all my energy was. That's what I wrote about. This album, obviously you guys were right there for the beginnings of it all during the course of COVID and the start of the show and all the things that were happening. And that's where my energy went. So that's why it is the way it's the way it is. It's not even just that. Like I listened to, I listened to the album. Cool. And first of all, like, it's really funny to me because the, the content and the lyricism of it has a lot of like, there's a lot of venom in there, bro. Mm -hmm. Like it, 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 there's a lot of venom in there, yeah. but it's set, it's set over top of these, like, like these cool house, you know, beats that just kind of, Put you it puts me in this weird vibe because I'm behind you 100 on these lyrics, right? My question is though, like, is there real heat? Because I know you talk mm. about like with mismatch, right? Yeah. Being slighted, yeah. being slighted, yeah. right, and stuff like mm -hmm. that from your boys. Like, how's right. that? How's is there heat? Yeah, no. With my boys, there's no heat. But as Donnie has long known. And we'll continually joke about the monolith, my boys, my crew, my brothers. Mm -hmm. We've literally come, we've been at odds about this music thing for a long time. It's the reason why we remain a crew, we remain brothers, but we're not a music group writing and recording and releasing music together. We have almost never been on the same page with how to get it done, right? It hasn't, thank God. And, and you know what? In a way, it's not too different from the Godfathers of podcasting because the three of us weren't always on the same page. There was time where me and you, Tid, were going at Donnie, like, what's Donnie's deal? And there's time where I was hot and you guys had to settle me down. Like, it's the way brothers work, but it's also the way that creatively, you know, we can, we can sort of, but we're still brothers. And that's the case with Monolith. Nothing has changed there. Um, the real heat, and I don't even know if I would call it heat more than I would honestly just call it pain. Mismatch You Bring Up is a song where I'm at my most vulnerable. Even the tone of the way my voice tone is like, yo, I'm, I, I literally start the song by saying I'm down in the dumps because when you feel like you've poured your heart into something and have gotten nothing back, um, it can hurt, especially when there's certain things happening and you feel like you're not part of it. And, you know, I've had so many people, you guys are, are, are two of the tops who have shown me support. And then it seems to not always translate into what people would generally recognize as success. My success comes by way of like having never given up on a dream and still going hard at it. But sometimes you look at it from the other perspective and you're not in the greatest of moods. So that's where that song comes from. But I can happily say, no, there isn't any legit heat there, but I'll say what I say in my songs to my boys faces. Like, yo, sometimes, you know, like we're, we're still not on the same page about certain things, but we've come over that hump and at least stayed brethrens in, in spite of it all, which is a win man in and of itself. I will say um, for years, I, I jokingly, but, jokingly slash not jokingly said to you dan 
got to go get some therapy, brother. <laughs> and now I'm starting to yeah. think, had you gotten therapy, this album might not have come to fruition because <laughs> this is your, this is your, your, um, you know, this is your purging. This is your catharsis. Yeah. yeah. Well, you're right. The album in of itself was kind of therapy. Um, but you know, it's interesting you say that and you know this because of us speaking about it off air, but I'll happily say on air without any uh, did shame, start therapy, yes. is that I did start therapy a year ago and I was, uh, you know, just as recently as last week, I had an appointment and I think that one of the main benefits and I, and I will credit you and you deserve this publicly. I will credit you for being at times my best therapist, because some of the talks that we've had, you'd share with me what you've gone through, but you always, you also help put things into perspective that I didn't even think about, bro. And just things that you would bring up about my past. I was like, dude, I didn't even think about it that way. But when I think about it now, there's some truth to that. And I think being able to not just speak to you, to Tid, we've had talks as well, brother. Um, and of course, to a therapist, it almost, this might sound strange, but I almost relate it to what I learned in my acting classes, because mm. as an actor, you're you're actually taught not to bury emotions. You have to do the opposite and allow them to come out through whatever character you're portraying. So being honest with yourself is step one to being able to portray a character accurately. I think it's also step one in obviously being able to overcome a lot of mental health issues because the one person you can't lie to is yourself. So being able to really, you know, when you bring when you brought stuff up, bro, and I'm like. Yeah, that's maybe that's true. Let me let me really consider these things as opposed to, you know, the, the worst thing you can do is nah, bro, nah, bro. And you just right. you say no to everything like nothing is true when it's like you you look yourself in the mirror and be honest about what you're seeing or or legitimately feeling. Um, it'll it's the first step to helping you overcome those things. And the album was a big part of that, because, yes, I did use it as my therapy to like, as Tid said, man, to get that venom out. Um, and it felt great doing it. I hope I'm not pulling the curtain too far back, but I do want to share this story because I think it's helpful to anyone who's going through a similar process right now in their mental mm -hmm. health, health journey. Mm -hmm. So Dan, about a year ago, like he said, started going to therapy to, you know, talk about things and things in life that were difficult or whatever, right? Like we all should be doing. Yeah. <laughs> but he calls me on the phone and it's one of my favorite conversations I've ever had with Dan, ever. Okay. He calls me on the phone and goes, Yo, guy, where is this therapy supposed to start working? <laughs> yeah, I remember that. And I said, how many sessions have you had? Three. And I feel nothing. <laughs> right. Yeah. And I'm like, dude, your therapist still doesn't know who the fuck you are. Right. Yeah. And, yeah, and so that. we talked. And I remember we were on the phone that day for like two hours or something. Just... Mm -hmm trying to discuss what this journey is going to be like. Mm -hmm. And even now, when I talk to you, I can tell you're in a better mental space. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Um, I remember that conversation too. And believe me, bro, there's been tons of conversations I've had with others where I will bring up that uh, circle of influence, circle of concern conversation that we had. And I haven't forgotten that because what you definitely, and it stuck with me, definitely told me and got me to remember is that there are certain things you cannot control, so, i.e. the weather, right? Well, who the Raptors are trading for. Like, I can't control these things. And certainly I can't control the actions of others. And as you both very well know, I've had people in my life have, say certain things, do certain things to me uh, or whatever. And yeah, it has definitely impacted my mental state to the point where, <laughs> you know, I would have turned into Dexter a long time ago. Um, 
And yeah, you when used you to get really angry over yeah. things that were outside your circle of, were, of influence. Correct. Couldn't control those things. But what you can control is your reactions to them. And I started really paying attention to that, that, that knowledge, man, that you dropped on me, bro. So, um, putting my energy into this music, which obviously you guys know is my number one, uh, I guess, source of self-expression and my favorite thing to do. And yeah, just the fact that I was able to complete it, uh, obviously with your blessing and support, you know, leaving the show wasn't easy, but I knew I had to focus. And so being able to do it not only helped me finish a record, but thank you for saying so, help me get to a better place mentally, because it's one thing to complete a record, another one which i'm proud of you know this is album number six as a solo artist for me and obviously i'm proud of that but what i say how i say it i don't think it's just important messages for everybody to listen to that hopefully that they'll feel and get something from but yeah during the process of writing and recording it all and getting all of this out of me um yes a hugely uh, uh, uh effective way man to, to deal with a lot of the anger I was feeling, including the, um, the self-doubt it, you know, like I, I wouldn't normally have a conversation about the stuff I wrote about in, in that song outside of maybe the three of us or us talking on a one-on-one -on -one because we're brethrens and I can admit stuff. I, I have a hard time having those types of conversations with people I don't know, but I can put it in a song. And I don't know how to explain that other than to say, I'll bear all in a song and feel so amazing after uh doing that it's easy to explain it's art <clears throat> yes totally. it's the same thing it's the same thing as an artist expressing his feelings like a painter expressing yeah. his feelings on a canvas your canvas happens to yeah. be you know a, a vinyl right yes. and you express your art your paint is your lyrics plain and simple no now, doubt. with that said, does this mean that we're on course now that the next album is just going to be like <clears throat> club bangers or something like that? Is like, where are we going yeah. next? <laughs> I actually have no idea because even I remember when I put out the day it all changed. And because, you know, that was my uh, dedication to fatherhood and celebration of my daughter at the time. I wasn't in any other place musically and creatively, this art, the canvas. So what was I gonna put next on the canvas? I had a new blank one, didn't know what was going up because that's that was my world. And she still is my world, obviously, but just creatively, I'm like, uh, what do I wanna say? Obviously you guys now know what it was that inspired me to you know, get writing again. So the answer to that question is yet to be known because whatever inspires me next, that's what it's gonna be. Um, this isn't to say that I'm Mr happy-go-lucky at the moment. I'm in a good place in life. But the issues, of course, that are on the album, they're not right. solved by a song. They're certainly no. not solved by various protests and all the things that have been going on. So there is ongoing struggle, and uh, I'm sure it'll make its way into my music going forward. So a couple quick follow-ups. Number one, I don't want you to ever feel any kind of way about the fact that you needed to walk away from this show. And I know that you're saying it was a difficult choice, but Tid was ready to fire you. Yeah, he was done with your ass. I know. So enough yeah. of, of that stress. I'm glad that you, you were able to focus on what you needed to focus on. Mm -hmm. Aside from that, um, I was going to say, there's very few people in this world who over the course of 20 years, 25 years, don't experience some level of of emotional growth mm -hmm. but you may have gone through the most emotional growth of anyone i've ever known wow i don't think 
Danny O today would even be friends with Danny O from 25 years ago. <laughs> Who knows, man? But what makes like you say you, that? I want you to finish that thought. <clears throat> I, I, I mean, I feel like back then, even with something so simple as your comment about, you know, when we'd have our conversations and you'd say, you know, I'm not shutting things down. I'm listening to what you have to say. Yeah, that's true. I feel yeah. like back in those days, you were a <laughs> yeah. lot more closed-minded. Sure. You know, there was I'll, a lot I'll... more conversations that began and ended with, I ain't trying to hear that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I feel like that's there is a significant amount of growth and, and, and accountability. And I'm looking myself in the mirror and I can recognize who I am and what I am and what I'm not. And, and I think that, you know, everyone had, like Tid is a completely different person than when I first met him. <laughs> he, he was barely a, a functioning member of society back then. <laughs> um, but like the amount of growth that you've gone through you know, like if we were to go back and listen to old episodes of our podcast, you're oh, a different for dude. Sure. Hundred you're, you're a different dude. Yeah, that would cringe. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Right. So yeah. you should you should actually take stock and 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 sit back and go, fuck man, life is all about the process. It's mm -hmm. not about the destination, it's all about the journey. And your journey yeah. has been fucking crazy when you think about it that way. Thanks, man. Well, I mean, I would say the same for you, brothers. And for pretty much, I mean, we all got to grow. Uh, not everyone will do it in the right direction, but we got to grow and learn from our experiences, our mistakes, our, our mishaps, our bad moments. Um, and I think there's a lot of that that I've learned from and grown from. Um, but yeah, man, it's just, it, it has been a process and I would agree with you. And I actually often tell people that I believe that the process in and of itself is the success. In other words, a lot of people look at success and go, you know, one of these days I want to be, I don't know, a millionaire or rich and famous or whatever they, their version or their definition of success is. It's like this moment in time when such and such thing happens. And I think when you do that, you forget that whatever happens between today and that time, whenever it is, is the process, is the journey. And you have to recognize each of those steps as part of the success or else you'll never be successful. Because this, this guy 25 years ago that you talk about was probably the kind of guy who was like, I have to be, you know, X number of, I don't know, fans or amount of money in the bank or like there's a number to quantify like whether I'm right. successful or not. You know, before the book of Daniel, my first album, I was like, I just want to put out an album. I was like a dream come true to put out an album. You put out an album and you go, oh. Now I really got to maintain this thing I'm calling a music career. And because if we're going to use that as an example, that album, we're talking about 2000. Um, in that time, the amount of people who've started and ended a music career or any career in entertainment or any career at all that was their dream, that is no longer their dream because real life happened and they can't do it anymore. Up. <laughs> Man, I believe that true success is in the fulfillment and the happiness that you get every day doing what it is you want to do with yourself. And that's what makes me successful. Um, I'm elated and over the moon that I can, like I said, I just thought of this the other day and it was tripping me out because of course, anniversary time, Tid, here we are in February. And I'm like, yo, the book of Daniel is 24. When the album came out, I was 22. How am I putting out another album this year? That alone, uh, I, I have to be proud of that. So, so let me ask you this. Think about, think about this very quickly. If yeah. I'm just a layman, I don't know nothing about nothing, right? This new that's album, true. that's very much true, right? I am cracker-ass white, 
Yeah. We all know this is not that true, but let me just ask you this. Is this a rap album? Is this a hip-hop album? It is unquestionably a hip-hop album, and I like that you asked that question because, as you both know, and I'm probably going to leave this for when the album drops, but there's, an, a, there's a pretty important interlude on the album mm -hmm. where there's a specificity given to the concept of, are you into rap music or are you about hip-hop culture? This because is why we, I asked. Yes, I sir. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And what makes it a hip-hop album, at least in my view, bro, yeah. is hip-hop culture is such that, and I teach this literally, like, uh, I'm in school teaching this to students, is that hip-hop culture, I firmly, firmly believe, is the most original you can be, the truth, being true to yourself and expressing something that's going to help the rest of the world to elevate. You know, when hip hop started, the biggest records were res records like The Message, which was a song about like the poverty stricken, you know, uh, uh, neighborhood they were coming from and trying to overcome that and how he, I can't take it anymore. I'm going to, uh, you know, don't push me off the edge, you know, fuck the police. You know, that's an anthem about, you know, police brutality, um, the, stop, the stop the violence movement, self-destruction, which is like maybe the best posse cut ever, unifying all these rappers to speak out against literally self-destruction, which is what the Cleanse My Soul record is about. And I know we'll get to that. So that's what makes this album hip hop is where it comes from, the truth involved in it. And then, of course, the flip side to that is the, the absolute um, dedication to lyricism, uh, real boom bap, head nodders that are made in the vein of the, the primos and the Jay Dillas and all the, you know, the legacy of hip hop. I feel I'm continuing with this. And maybe the most important way to answer that question is, as I just finished saying, because my definition of success might be different than a lot of others, I didn't create this album going, I think this is the one that's going to make me a superstar. I've already had a few other people on the, on my team go, man, you deserve a Juno for this. And they're thinking about awards and sales numbers that I've never hit before. And I'm like, all of that would be gravy. But what I want to accomplish with this record is it's the best record I've ever made. And I feel confident in saying that. And that's as hip hop as you can get. Look at this. All this growth and still just five <laughs> foot six. Still, bro. You know what's hilarious, bro? And I'm surprised you've never called me on it. But you know I audition in Slate all the time at five foot six. My mom overheard me recently do one. And she goes, but you're not five foot six. You're not reach that. So she got at me and, and was like, I was like, Mom, I say that in my auditions. Leave me. <laughs> I say I'm 5'6", and I'm sticking to it, man. You get the pick pulling That's it up it. nice and That's tough. Right. That's right. Exactly. Exactly. Some Chris Jericho lifts. Um, <laughs> you've done a lot of growth, and, you know, I made reference to the, and you made reference to the fact that I myself have done a lot of growth. We've yeah, talked, sure. we've talked a little bit tonight about the podcast that we did that started 18 years ago this week. Holy dude. Speaking of anniversaries, insane. asshole. There there you go. <laughs> 18 wow, years ago this week, we started that other stupid show That's and right. it just dawned on me right now as we were talking about your anger and how you've managed to improve upon that and get some of it out through this album. Mm -hmm. I remember one of your absolute favorite segments on that old show was the one where I got to exhibit some of my anger. So I haven't planned anything, but this okay. just dawned on me right now off the top. How about a quick Daniel Acapella version of the theme song of that of remember that little segment 
Are we talking about road rage? <laughs> Dude. And I'll tell and I'll tell you a quick story that happened today. Okay. Okay, okay. I swear I was two seconds from going, bro. I can't remember it, but I think I think I have it. It's got it. In in all of this growth, my memory has gone in the opposite direction, bro. You but if remember, I'm not mistaken, if I'm not mistaken, yeah. it's Road rage, road rage, big daddy Donnie has road rage, road rage, road rage, big daddy Donnie has road rage. That's the one. See, All now right. today I'm in a hurry. I'm driving to the office. And as both of you know, I drive a Jeep Grand Cherokee, which is a diesel. Mm. I love it. It gets great mileage. I get to go real far on one tank of gas. The problem is when I do need to fill up, Unlike in the United States of America, here in this country, not every gas station has diesel. Mm. You can hit one, three, four, nine different gas stations in a row, no diesel. So when you finally find diesel and you're in a hurry and that needle is flatlining, bro, like it's it's going to regions below the E it's never been before and, and you're in a hurry, you're pissed. So you pull into the gas station and it's like, oh, cool, it's empty there's like one car that's at the at the pumps so i'll go in get my splash and go that one car is fueling with regular ass unleaded shit <laughs> and they're blocking the one diesel pump of the right. 18 pumps in the gas station wow. 18 pumps one diesel pump and they gotta park their car in a way that i cannot access the pump so i'm sitting there today looking at the guy going can you can you pick a different pump he's like you could go to a different pump i need this one it's the only one why because it's diesel your car's not diesel i don't know what my car is i don't know and he's just staring at me like i'm a fucking moron then he finally pays at the pump and drives away now i get the honor of pulling in pumping my diesel great i made a rookie mistake i didn't pay at the pump i walked inside to pay i'm telling you both right now there is a special place in hell for people who got to do their 25 lottery tickets during rush hour. Oh my God. Who are you people? You stand there. Okay. Uh, you, you want to try that one again? Oh, winner. Gang. Do you want to play again? Yeah. Yeah. I'll play again. <laughs> and the guy just sits there like he's winning $4 and $6. I'm like, bro, I'll give you 20 to fuck off. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm waiting and waiting and waiting. And finally, this guy <laughs> finishes his shit. He turns around and walks away. The, the guy, the gas station attendant, looks at me. First question, you playing lotto today? I'm like, no, I'm not an asshole. <laughs> it's rush hour. Right. How, much, how much gas did you put in? 50. I would have paid 50 bucks to stand there and watch all of this go down. Yeah. <laughs> and not do a damn thing. He would have been looking at me like, you want a little help here or what? No, uh-uh. You play nope. this out, Doug. I would have paid 50 mm -hmm. bucks to watch that all day long. Yeah. <laughs> this is a PSA. All you non-diesel drivers out there, stay the fuck away from the diesel pumps. <laughs> Don't be blocking the diesel pumps. When you have other options, go somewhere else. Just like Danny O used to get hot at gas stations when people don't respect the flow. The oh, flow you got to respect the flow, bro. You can't be driving out this way door. and a car comes in the opposite. Nah. You can't Follow not respect the, the flow. Mm -hmm. 
respect the flow of traffic. If all the yeah. cars are going in one direction, you don't get to come backwards because your shit's on the other side. You yeah, go yeah. and wait in line. That's right. Gas station. If you're etiquette. driving a regular unleaded fucking ship box, stay the away from the diesel pumps. I thought you were going to say you walked in there and the dude was going to charge you for the previous dude's gas. <laughs> I, thought he, I, thought he, I thought he drove uh, he, off. He said you were paying it forward or something. Yeah, yeah exactly. No, dude. Wow. Have you have you had wow. this happen to you where you're in line and, and people are doing a million lotto tickets? I'm classically always choosing the shortest line that takes the longest. Oh, so okay. I don't know what's going on in front of me. I don't care if it's a grocery store, wherever I go, dog. Trust me when I tell you I'm choosing the short line and I'm like, this is going to happen. It's almost like my tech issues. It's like the Daniel curse slightly goes into cues, bro. Everywhere I go, my line is taking long. And it's someone's got, like, it'll be the person with 18 coupons, you know, or, oh, sorry, I just, let me go and get another one. Whatever it is, I'm waiting longer than the person who is behind me who's now passed through the whole, the whole queue. Listen, that's my last life. week's episode of this show was fraught with technical problems. If it had been this week, I would have fully blamed you. Right. Of course. I'm shocked. You, you, you almost jinxed it. I hope nothing happens. My laptop ad. that was brand new when we started this show completely died. Wow. Completely there, died. Is, I, there is too much porn. Ah, uh, that's obviously not enough. Gotta be but it. I, I had to go and replace the stupid thing. That $2,500 piece of hardware I bought when $2, we started $2,500 laptop? Yeah, guy. That was a beast. I'm now I got this one. I'm on a four bills us right now working yeah, just fine. Because yeah, all you do is type and surf. It's different. <laughs> um, listen, I know because I, I know you pretty well. Um, we've met uh, once or twice. <laughs> you don't give a fuck about football. But will you be watching the Super Bowl? I always find a way to watch the Super yeah. Bowl. And I know your Niners are in it. I've been meaning to talk to you about that, bro. So uh, congrats. Where's I know kids my, team? I know my Eagles bredgen over there is probably not in the best of moods, but um, okay. it gives me a root. It gives me a rooting interest in the Chiefs, you know. So one hundred percent, you dick. One hundred percent. Yeah. Okay. So this is. The, I'll check it. This is the most. This is the most non-watched Super Bowl ever. If it wasn't for the fact of all of the like Taylor Swift Taylor. drama, because yeah. these two teams, all the, all the you know, teams are drawing. These teams are all the haters are saying that, but you know what? The Chiefs and and the Niners faced each other a couple of years ago in the Super Bowl, and it was the fourth highest draw in the history of the Super Bowl. They will be fine, and the Swifties oh, are coming fine. out in full force. They'll be fine. They'll be fine. I mean, you have you have this modern day, uh, this era's Tom Brady, in Patrick Mahomes, so they're going to be just fine. He's good. He's, He's really, really good. good. Like the Niners have their work cut out for him. Yeah, yeah, I would I would be surprised if it did have low ratings considering that Swifties are going to be watching the Super Bowl this year. Yeah, the ratings are going to be insane. And and here's the thing, the 49ers are a slight favorite uh this weekend which is surprising to me. I didn't think they would be, but you know, they had a better record in the regular season. Mm -hmm. Um so I I get why they're the favorites. I saw a really weird stat. Tid, you're the football guy. 16 of the last 18 Super Bowls have been won by the team wearing white. Crazy, right? Yeah. Mm. yeah. You see, racism just doesn't stop, bro. I'm telling yeah, you. Yeah, right. Right. For all those for all those racist. fucking fluorescent green people out there. 
<laughs> that is a racist. Um, we had to when we talk about time. stupid when we talk about stupid stats. We've the three of us have done this in the past where we talk about really stupid Super Bowl prop bets. So I want to throw some of them out at you guys and and see what you would lay your money on and, and see if we can help people out there that are trying to decide if they want to get in on these prop bets. First off, other than the fact that he was there when the Raptors won their championship, the Drake curse in the world of pro sports has become a real thing. People look at it like whatever team Drake is backing loses. Which team will Drake be wearing the jersey of on Sunday? Chiefs are minus 170, 49ers plus 130. So essentially, which team is going to lose? Is this Who's a thing, though? Is he, is he slated to be there, or mm -hmm. we're just wondering what he's generally backing, and that team is probably going to lose because of it? Yeah, this is this Whether is where he is at. or not. Because wherever he is, if we could get him a 49ers jersey, that'd be hype. Uh, <laughs> you know what? You don't even deserve it today. This is the nicest you've been to me, Don. And here I am right on your team. You know, I I'll just say this. I don't know what Drake's backing, but I'll back the Niners and it has nothing to do with you. You know, I always run for the team that hasn't won, you know, like the Chiefs, you've won enough times, you know, yeah, 49ers have never won one. Yeah, no. Yeah, fuck that Joe Montana, Jerry Rice fucking deal. Not recently. I'm saying the Chief, how many times has the Chief won in the past? What is it? Are they on a run of five years? They're like the Warriors of the NFL right now. Yeah, they've They're... got a bag of rings. Yeah, fuck them. Bad. Yeah. Okay, this is a real prop bet. Will Travis Kelsey propose to Taylor Swift during or after the game? No. No, nah, he's not doing that. No. It's not on plus... not on Super Bowl Sunday. Enough's enough. He's got to focus it's, on the game. It's plus two ten for a yes. Yeah. No. Uh, how many times? Will Taylor Swift be shown during the game? Over under yeah. is set at five and a half. Over. Oh, over for sure. You think it's easy over? Yeah. <laughs> that uh, she's gonna be shown five times while fucking whoever it is is singing the national anthem. Yeah. The, only way that, the only way that they don't hit five and a half is if it's a low scoring, boring ass game and there's nothing on it. Right, that's the only way. No, they're gonna have to shoot. They're gonna have to cut to her more if it's, it's a low. Every, okay, here's the thing. Here's what you do. Here's what you do is you take if you're gonna bet over five and a half on the amount of times they show her, you absolutely take the bet that fucking uh, Kelsey gets over five and a half catches because that's Ooh. when they show her right. every single time that dude gets a catch. Boop, they show her celebrating. How hype would yeah. this be? What's the over-under on this happening, guy? Heel turn. Taylor Swift rips off the Chiefs jersey. She's a 49ers fan. Now that would be worth watching. Well, well, truth be told, she grew up in truth be told, she grew up an Eagles fan. Is that so, right? so there was there was there there she, was that there was that conspiracy early in the season. She She's trying to you. throw this, yeah. Right. Imagine uh, Taylor Swift gets on the mic and goes, "I actually came to see Black Birdie." Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they need I to mean, inject a little, little wrestling in there. Another prop bet: Will any player or coach? This one I like because it's got historical uh, significance. Will any player or coach cry? during the national anthem this has happened not once but several times a single tear counts as crying hmm. tid knows all the players and coaches i don't who's know how the, sentimental who's these the biggest crier tid 
<laughs> I'm just I'm trying to think right right now. Um, no, neither one of these teams. No, there's no. Yeah, right. Nick Bosa is going to be out there balling during the fucking national anthem. Mm. Your head is shake. <laughs> and no one's taking knees no more, right? Is that out from a long time ago? Is it is it banned in the league to take a knee during the anthem? Uh, no, I don't think it's banned or anything like Has that. Has anyone been doing it? No. No. Okay, so that's dead. I mean, they may have, but then, yeah. but they're not showing any cameras on it. You right. know what I mean? Gotcha. That's that's not the cause this week. So, yeah, not this week. So no bets on that one, I guess. Right. For anyone yeah. who's uh, who's who's not heard the news, Reba McIntyre uh, will be singing the national anthem. Post Malone is doing "America the Beautiful," which should be the national anthem. It's a better song. Hmm. Um, yeah, Post is coming up in the world, man. Um, who? Will the game MVP thank first God, teammates, coach, family, team owner, or fucking nobody? <laughs> God's the classic God is the go-to. favorite at three to one. Yeah, I would. It's I would always take that God bet. first. Yeah, think yeah. about think about who the who's going to be. It's either going to be Brock Purdy, Patrick Mahomes, right. or right. Travis Kelsey. That's true. You got to think Patrick about Mahomes will be. be thanking God before he gets to the podium. Right. right. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Is there a bet on whether or not black people are going to start getting fades because Kelsey um, created the uh, look? Travis Kelsey haircut. I was just reading an article about this. <laughs> is the most requested haircut oh in North God. America since the Rachel from Friends. It's so insane to me that they could look at him and go, he came up with that. That's, 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 that's the trend. Yeah. The, and what do they to think, him though? He came out and said, "No, nah, I didn't come up with this." Okay. And what do they think it's going to get you? Like uh, 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 a a rake white girl with no ass, <laughs> right? But she rich. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so is he? He's, Give a fuck. Yeah. Back in bank, man. I'll tell you that much. Um, yeah, it should be a fun game. I, I I'm excited to see uh, my 49ers win another Super Bowl. I think that'll be a lot of fun. There's no um, bets on who Usher is bringing out. Are you guys hyped for that? There are bets on that. There's mm-hmm. even bets on. Um, there's even weird side bets, like how long will Post Malone's version of uh, mm-hmm. "America the Beautiful" be? Okay. Right, more or less than 90 seconds. That's a good payout, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, uh, yeah, there's even stuff like uh, I heard Howard Stern talking about. There's a prop bet on what will Usher be wearing. Okay. And, and Howard's like, I just call the motherfucker. It makes some money. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. Like, hey, what are you going to wear? You know? It is crazy how the Super Bowl turns into this spectacle of any and everything other than football. Like, why are <laughs> yeah. people talking about these things? They're up to they're up to seven million dollars for a 30 second spot. Seven mil now, eh? That's right. always the big deal on, on Super right? Bowl Sunday, too. Wow. It's yeah, it's the trailers. Crazy, all of man. that, right? They all, they all, they all need Jesus. <laughs> Every one of them. They all and, need a little bit of, of Travis Kelsey haircuts. We mentioned Post Malone, and um, I cannot anymore think about um, Post Malone without thinking about an artist that I mentioned last week. Um, Dan, I talked about this on last week's show with uh, with our guest, Cassie De Silva, and I'm sure that you probably have not checked out this artist yet. I have become the biggest fan 
of Jelly Roll. Okay. I know of Jelly Roll. I do not I want know you to music. check his music because even if you're not feeling it musically, I think you will dig him lyrically. Okay. okay. This guy's a storyteller. Hmm. And there are certain songs where I'm like, this motherfucker is telling my life story. Like For real. I, I'm so connected to him on a deep level right now. Um, he reminds me of host just because he's a big dude with tattoos all over his face. Um, but his sound, he describes it as hip-hop country rock right yeah which leans more towards the country he's from tennessee what's the motherfucker gonna do mm -hmm. but the sound is 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 so raw and authentic <clears throat> and you can tell there's some anger in there but there's a lot of soul searching in there he wrote a lot of that record when he was in prison and okay. he talked about changing his life and warning his wife that he's no fucking good and she should find somebody else and all this kind of stuff it's really deep dude and tid and i talked about this on last week's show that he recently stood in front of congress and talked about how every single day um i forget the number but it was like 190 people or something like that die of an overdose in america every right. day Right. And he goes, and no one cares because right. they're druggies. If 190 people died every single day of anything else, there'd be outrage. Mm -hmm. But because they're drug addicts, nobody moves an eyebrow. Right. So he he was at the Grammys last week wearing a jacket that said that statistic right on the back of the jacket written in big yeah. letters. And I was like, this yeah. guy is 100% using his platform to totally. spread a message. Yeah. Um, the heartbreaking piece of this that I wanted to share with you guys and, and, and sort of put a little bit of um, attention on this guy and see if there's anything that our audience can do for him. Uh, a gentleman by the name of Chris Sumner. I saw him post on uh, something. I can't remember if it was on Jelly Roll's page or his wife's page, but it was on one of theirs. And it was a photo of, of Jelly Roll with the jacket that said the statistic on the back. And this guy wrote, my seven-year-old daughter died last year because her mother touched her while she had fentanyl on her fingertips and the fentanyl soaked into the baby girl through her skin and fucking caused cardiac arrest and killed her oh my god man i reached out to this guy wow. and, and i've been in touch with him i want to have him on the show mm -hmm. um he's an unbelievable <gasps> um unbelievable person and like i went to his his instagram page the first thing i see is a photo of his daughter's casket you know on the uh, back of a on the back of a a, a horse-drawn carriage and you know he posted a photo yesterday on his story of her gravestone he's like it's ridiculous this is how i have to visit my seven-year-old girl yeah you know and you as a father Mm -hmm. whose whole world is your daughter. Like when mm -hmm. I went through his Instagram page, bro, a lot of the shit reminded me of the way that you post, you know, like everything was hashtag the name of his child. Everything was, you know, hashtag Charlie girl, hashtag Charlie's right. day, hashtag, you know, right. I love Charlie, everything. Right. Mm -hmm. and now this poor fucking guy is torn to bits. That woman who was his ex is sitting in jail awaiting trial. I hope to God she yeah. rots. <clears throat> Like going yeah. back to the vigilante, we need one there. Yeah, that's an extremely hard story to listen to. Um, obviously, as a father, and I don't think you need to be a father to feel the pain, but as a father, for sure, um, last thing I want to happen ever in life is anything to my daughter, and I don't, I, I don't even know how I'd react. Like it's, it's extremely. I, I can't think of a worse thing happening 
Um, I cannot think of a worse thing happening. So my heart bleeds for him. And I agree with you, you know, it's a tough but real thing. And I'm not, I'm not shy to say that I, I don't know the story enough to know if this woman did anything on purpose or was she addicted and just was misusing in front of the child. But whatever the case is, you know, bad things need to happen, happen to bad people. And and why I say that is because I don't even know how much of a deterrent it will be. But there has to be a message that society collectively agrees upon that certain things are 1000% unacceptable in our world. And things happening to children has got to top the list. And there has to be no mercy for it. And trust me, I could go on and on about different incidents where that's not the case. So um, my heart goes out to him and over and above what other, whatever punishment she gets uh, based on what happened. Um, yeah, anything we can do to support him and people like him, because he's certainly not the only one being impacted no. by, you know, fentanyl is one of those opioids where these are some of the, these might be the worst drugs out there, man. Um, the little I know, the addiction rates, the overdose rates is insane, bro. Um, you know, we, we, we often hear about like, I don't know, Coke and heroin and these like street drugs, but like these opioids, bro, they are killers, guy. And the problem is when those things are laced into those other drugs and oh, people totally. aren't even expecting. 100%, um, man. And like to your point, if it can be absorbed through the skin like that, they are way more dangerous than we might have even realized. If anybody wants so, to uh, learn more about Chris Sumner, yeah. reach out to him, offer your support. You can find him on Instagram, C Sumner 77, C S U M N E R 77. He's also a competitive power lifter. Um, yeah. So he's got lots of content on there of him <sighs> doing his, uh, his power lifting stuff. Um, the little bit I spoke to him, fucking stand up guy, and my heart goes out to him. Um, just an absolutely tragic story that I only found out about because I'm a huge fan now of fucking jelly roll you know right and and and, and and to tie it back dude here's what i love your album vigilante stands for a purpose you may not have the reach of a jelly roll but you've got this platform and you've decided to use it to spread a message yeah and to no, me yeah when any artist takes advantage of their platform to talk about more than uh, you know, oh, we broke up and I moved on and now mm -hmm. I'm doing well. Who yeah. gives a shit? Yeah. Yeah. You thank know? you. Thank you for saying so. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I respect the hell out of Jelly Roll after having seen that um uh that Congress uh, meeting that you spoke of and even without knowing his music and just hearing this story about what he stands for and what he wears, like that I mean, he might be more in the world of country and rock but to a question that tid asked earlier man like that's hip-hop to use your platform to speak out Holy on some shit through music and obviously i've done that and you know like before we get out of here obviously the first record everyone is going to hear off of vigilante is cleanse my soul and why i needed to tackle self-hatred it's just it's one of those things like that we even discussed on the show was like kanye was a hero to me okay this is not a kanye west diss record but i go in on kanye west because this guy literally has come out and said that he loves Hitler. And he, I mean, the, the crazy, what the fuck's wrong with you shit from a hero, a hip hop hero whose first five albums are like legendary and like actually influenced some of the music I made. And I'm like, you know what? 
you got black cops killing black people. So before we even get into racism, one of the worst things about racism is when you turn it in on yourselves. So this record is an important one and one of the many elements of vigilante, but I would argue is at the heart of the record is one of the you know worst results of anti-black racism is black people hating black people. And you know, uh, the cops who killed Tyree Nichols are mentioned, Kanye West is mentioned, and I think it was an important record to release during Black History Month, which is why I decided to lead with it. Uh, it's also, it doubles as a bucket list record for me because Master Ace is on it. And he's been one of my favorite rappers since I was literally 11 when the symphony came out. And he's, we talked about posse cuts earlier. Master Ace, Craig G, Cool G Rap, and Big Daddy Kane. And now I'm on a track with Master Ace. So this is a big one for me, not just because of how it sounds and who's on it, but what it's about. And um, yeah, drops uh, tomorrow, like you said, February 9th. Uh, that'll be the first taste everyone gets of Vigilante, and I'm very proud of this record. Shouts to Century, who's on it as well. Yeah, we love Century, former guest on this show as well. Um, when Vigilante, excuse me, not Vigilante, Vigilante is the name of the album. When... Yeah. Um, the, there it is in the background. There it there. is. When, when Cleanse My Soul drops, um, where the hell can people find it, Dan? Everywhere that music is streaming. So we're talking about Spotify, Apple Music, Amazon Music, Tidal, Deezer, wherever your streaming platform, uh, whatever your streaming platform of choice is, Cleanse My Soul will be there. Uh, my first single in a few years featuring Master Ace and Century, produced by Charisma, a.k.a. Skiz, you know, my brother from the monolith. And I would argue, if not my best, my most important record, certainly one of my favorites ever. Um, and yeah, like I said, probably the most important message I've put on a record maybe ever. Do you have a date yet for the release of the full album, Vigilante? Yeah, we did. It's going to be this spring. It's an April release that might get pushed back to May only because we have a couple of other things in store and I hope to be back on the Godfathers of podcasting to discuss them because on top of everything that I said about how much went into this record, content-wise, music-wise, and everything else, there is a marketing plan for this record that we are just literally, as of this today, <laughs> this week, rolling out, which might push back the album so that we can do something even extra special with it, including uh, a party that will be in the greater Toronto area that when details come, you'll be among the first to know. So it will be either April or May, but definitely this spring, a vigilante will be out and cleanse my soul is just the first of several singles you will hear before the album drops. <clears throat> Last thing I want to say is one of your old tracks from way back in the day, you've got a lyric that says, to all the guys out there, if you're not on this record, it's because you didn't want to be. Yeah. Something to that effect. Yeah, I remember that. I know exactly what that is. That's on Inferno on See No Evil, Hear No Evil. There you go. Yes. I remember, Dan, way back in the day, I got you free tickets to WWF Access WrestleMania weekend. Yes. You and your brother. And we went and we got into a shouting match with Howard Finkel. We watched Brock Lesnar and Randy Orton's first WWE matches yeah. for an audience of about 300 people. We had an amazing time. And your quote to me was, Guy, I'm putting you in a track. This is the greatest gift ever. <laughs> And it still ain't happened. That's and right. you said on <clears throat> See No Evil, Hear No Evil, if you're not on the record, it's because you didn't want to be. 
I'm just saying. But I'm you were on that record for, bro. for no reason. I see the album covers right, right here. You created it, so you were on that album, bro. I don't know what you're what you're angry about. The whole lion dread. You didn't have bars back then. Let's be real. You know what it is? It's like Cody Rhodes right now. Everybody thinks that the story ends on this album. Maybe the story for Donnie doesn't end on this album. Maybe it's the next album when Danny does those club bangers, right? He's saving the best for last, maybe. You gotta save them for when it's really special. Right. For when we do another episode and we're talking about, yo, it's been 18 years since Vigilante dropped. Right. Well, still not on this album. Well, we're probably going to have to wait a couple more because Tid knows me in anniversaries. We've got to do a nice round number. 20 sounds better. That's right. Right. Let's run a. Let's run a. Remember, remember, he works works in in 10s, right? That's it. Actors of 10. Correct. If you want to find him on Instagram, he's at danio1010. You can also go to dan-e-o.com and check out his shit over there. Um, of course, like he said, music streaming everywhere, not just the new stuff. You can check out the old shit as well. Right. Go check it out. Now, I still don't think my favorite Daniel song of all time is available online. <laughs> no, and I know why. Um uh, you keep referring to this record I did called It's Over. Um, and that was over a Mad Lib beat, similar to my Dilla Pickles um, uh, mixtape. And I may as well shout him out. God bless you, Jay Dilla. This is the week. Yesterday, actually, was his fifth, would have been his 50th birthday. Right. And he passes away on the 10th, um, uh, which is on Saturday. So it's crazy because every year, hip-hop heads celebrate his birthday and mourn his death because it happened on the same week. That being said, uh, Dilla Pickles is free on the Bandcamp page of Danio, and so is It's Over. It's Over is available, okay? So you can go to danio.bandcamp.com, and it's it's available, so you can check okay, it out. Hey, that's great. I, will, I didn't know that. I will go yeah. to Bandcamp, and I will do it. But the problem is when I go, hey, Google, play Danio, yeah, It's no. Over. It doesn't work that way. It's on an EP called Mixtape Exclusives. So if you go to my band camp and go to Mixtape Exclusives, Google won't get you there. You got to press some buttons. You got to actually type. All right. There you go. Your track's there. We're going to put a link to It's Over on uh, on, on the Godfather. Because that's the track I really want to push and why I came on here today. (laughs) (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, that is our bro Danny O. He has been our guest for this entire hour. Notorious TID, any uh, final thoughts? Nah, y'all know where to check me out. You can see all the stuff over on YouTube at TED Talk. You can also check out, please check out Live Audio Wrestling, which is back up and going. Uh, You can subscribe, like. The TED Talk channel is now monetized. So, you know, to support, go join. uh, Show the support there. And uh, yeah, we're just having some fun. That's all. Congrats, My Google speaker has been playing shit music in the background ever since I said, hey, Google, play Danny. <laughs> now it started wow. playing something shit. And I don't like legit some like I want to shoot my dog country music. I don't know why. Oh, wow. I thought one of my joints yeah. came on. You're like, what is this? No, 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 no. It wasn't even you. I don't. Google's <laughs> retarded sometimes. I don't know. Um, thanks so much. Go to godfathersofpodcasting.com. Make sure you go to baronialbeard.com. Yo, Dan, I need some of that, man. Yeah, dude. Let me get you uh let me get you some beard oil. Please hook it okay? up. Yeah, make I that shit soft, it. okay? It's looking a little itchy. Make that shit nice and soft. And you know, yeah, I'll get man. you some of this too, Dan. 
Sounds good. I'll get you some. I'll, I'll get you some leave-in beard butter so you can condition your shit. I'd appreciate it. And and you're you're like OCD as hell. Once you try this, you're gonna be you're gonna be on the subscription plan. Okay. Sounds good to me, man. I'd appreciate it. And I definitely appreciate you, bros. It's been too long, man. Thanks for having me. And congrats on keeping this train going, man. Dope job. It's always an open door, brother. Whether you're a guest or you just want to pop in, you're always welcome. That's Tid. I'm Donnie. We'll see you next time. Fuck this shit, I'm out. Mm-mm. Fuck this shit, I'm out. No thanks. Don't mind me. I'ma just grab my stuff and leave. Excuse me, please. Fuck this shit, I'm out. Nope. Fuck this shit, I'm out. All right then. I don't know what the fuck just happened, but I don't really care. I'ma get the fuck up out of here. Fuck this shit, I'm out.